0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hello, Brian. We're going to jump right into topic here in just a minute. Before we do that, I just want to remind you to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can find all of our resources there. You can contact us, and you also can give a financial gift. If you would like, go to the donate page, and you can help us as we come to the end of the year to help support the ministry. We would greatly appreciate that if you have been helped by our ministry in any way. And we want to jump right into the topic, Jim, as we normally do, and that is, how, and this topic I think is an important one for us to talk about in light of certainly a lot of conversations, even some some podcasts that have have popular podcasts that have recently been released, and that is how does a pastor lead without lording over the flock? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, there's a lot of opinions around this. And of course, you know, there's a lot of talk around different abuses that have come out among pastors and they certainly are abuses what, with that. But I think we also have a tendency to maybe want to over correct when we, when we see those abuses and it can turn into a pastor, not either leading at all or being terrified to step out and lead in some way. So we want to have this conversation to try to figure out one, what's the balance to, and two, what's the biblical model? Because obviously, God wants pastors to lead in a way that's good for the flock. So how, mm-hmm. do, how do we how do we do that? Is there a text, Jim, that 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 we can point to to help guide this
1: conversation? Well, I, I imagine everybody's mind uh, it, you, when you when we phrase it the way that we do here, Brian, it's it's First Peter chapter five and. There, there are several vocational texts in the scriptures given to pastors, and where it's, this is explicitly just like Ephesians five is for husbands, or Ephesians five for for wives, or Colossians three, or whatever it is, you're going to look at it and say, okay, if you're going to deal with that subject, or this is your role, it's your foundational. So text, the, yeah. there are certain foundational texts and commands that are given to men in ministry as men in ministry. Mm-hmm there's descriptions there's qualifications but in, but in terms of exhortations and commands shepherd the flock preach the word do the work yep. of an evangelist endure affliction those yep. kinds of things but among that hand those handful of texts first peter chapter 5 the elders who are among you i exhort i who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. Okay, so that is that's, that's the main a, That's a command yep. of leading, um, serving as overseers. Another uh, term of authority. Yeah, exercise leadership oversight. and yeah. government, uh, not by constraint but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly. And then this is our qualifying statement. Uh, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, uh, but being examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd appears. So, Brian, embedded in all of that section of Scripture is is the reality that pastors, elders, overseers, bishops, all interchangeable words in the Scriptures, that inherent in that office is leadership. Uh, governance and then you take that and then you couple it with the commands given to the flock about their elders Mm -hmm. words that sometimes I, we, we recognize what we're going to talk about can all be abused, right? Submit to your leaders, Mm -hmm. obey them that, that obey them that rule over you. Mm -hmm. And so we want to talk about Brian Try not to get ahead of myself with this. Is is uh, there's some maybe tension here that some people feel, and at any given time in church history, there's going to be a balance. You know, the the balance is going to tilt one way or or the other. I think in our day, we're probably we're seeing both. I mean, there's obviously an issue that many people are addressing. That the way some men use their authority in the church Mm -hmm. is in an overbearing, heavy-handed, the term often used, bullying way, the biblical term, they are lording it over the flock. They're lording their authority over the flock. And I want to talk about what what does that actually mean and what does that look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there is, there is a, a swing in the other direction, either congregationally or in terms of how people are taught to do uh, eldership is that, No, there's no. There should be no leadership. There should be nobody in the church as the authority. There's nobody where the buck stops with them. There's nobody that leads, guides, directs the flock and says this is the way that we're going to go. I'll encourage you to follow me. You know, in this and oh, that's that's always a red flag. That's always a danger. Some people would say, and and, in 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 seeking. I think in this term we can say really biblical balance, we have to acknowledge both realities, that there is real authority and that that authority must not be abused uh, in relation to the flock. Or well, even used for the good of the flock. so that.
0: And I think that's what's helpful about 1 Peter 5 is the fact that this, those, those that description, those disclaimers really, the do it this way, not this way. Right. It's embedded in there that there's authority within yeah. the pastoral office. Otherwise, right. Peter would not be exhorting in that way. One, because the authority is there, and two, that that men sinners, you know, pastors could use that uh, for their own selfish gain instead of using it. So Peter just has it's this beautiful description of not only what shepherding really is, but that we shepherd on behalf of the chief shepherd. We're stewards exactly. of that shepherding. Yeah. So. You know the, the ideal is, I think, and this is what's captured in these passages, not just First Peter, but Hebrews thirteen seventeen and some of these others, is that the the authority is embedded there for the good of the flock, because right. the pastor understands that that authority is not for for his personal gain. It's a stewardship from the chief shepherd, and when a pastor gets that and leads that way, we've seen it. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Well, the problem is is that there's that authority so many pastors have have abused it and and the abuse of a pastor the abuse of you know of a spiritual authority figure can be the most devastating i think because you know you could have a boss that you know your secular job that abuses his authority right. and, but that's different than you know a pastor who manipulates and uses you know s- spiritual manipulation to uh for personal gain and that's where some of the uh, some of the abuses in the church recently that have come to light are focused on and that's why I think people are so hesitant now towards authority in the church in any way
1: right right it's yeah it's not without reason it's not the people are not creating a crisis out of nothing, they they are seeing what's reason. happened. Yeah, there's a reason, right? And, and there are several prominent men, but you know, most of the bullies aren't prominent. They're, they are, but there are men who, just as in any position of authority, you know, give some guys a badge. You know, whether it's the uh, crossing guard at, as a six year old who suddenly. Thinks he's something because he's got a orange sash with a badge on it, or or the or the or the mall cop, or right. or or a, a a police officer maybe who uses his authority in ways that he shouldn't, or a politician, or a husband, yeah, uh, whatever the case might be, and that and, you know, the the whole issue that power has the potential to corrupt or power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, as the saying goes. Yeah. And that when you come and recognize and realize that in the scriptures, that I am a shepherd, there's a shepherd-sheep distinction, even though as a shepherd, I'm also a sheep, and that's one of the things behind this, it should be. But there's a recognition that, uh, that with that, of acts chapter 20 when paul's addressing the ephesian elders and he says you got to watch out for each other so this is one of the blessings and benefits we'll get into this in a minute i think of having a plurality of elders but that there will be men who will seek to draw the disciples after themselves and and that part of that bullying part of that bullying i think real bullying or real lording it over the flock is, is is what happens when the Pulpit becomes a platform, or the pulpit becomes a pedestal for yourself. Yeah, right. and you realize as you stand before the the people of God, and as you say that "Thus saith the Lord," and all of that, and people are responding to that, you think you begin to think they're responding more to you than to the Word, and that they are enraptured with you. And sometimes, if you're gifted and maybe if you really even help people and you realize, well, if I've helped them this way, I can help them e- even further. So sometimes there can even be a good motivation that will lead to lording it over the flock. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what to do. They need me to tell them. They need me to, as I, you know, you almost joke about this, but I don't know what color socks to, you know, to, to, to wear. I better call my, I better call the pastor. I, I don't know whether I should buy this car. I better call mm-hmm. the pastor. Where There's an unhealthy dependence that sometimes is cultivated by the leadership of the people. I can't make these decisions without my pastor. Yeah, uh, I need him involved in every area of my life. And again, it's not to say you shouldn't be involved in some areas, but when that begins to happen, you may realize you have cultivated an unhealthy dependence upon yourself, and the church begins to take on almost a personality cult yeah. rather than that of a servant leader who is leading for the sake of that flock leading uh, and bringing the Word of God to bear, not their own opinions to bear
0: yeah and let's let's get into how to pursue this balance before we do that though I just want to highlight that in the midst of so many examples that have come to light about the abuse of authority of pastors in regard to this and and, and the way that that authority used to have been harmful and even abused people in the church, you know, the Jim, the ministry we do here at Practical Shepherding, we're we're serving and and partnering with the average normal pastor. Right. And a lot the and I just want to highlight that we know hundreds and hundreds of pastors who are doing really faithful work and sacrificing so much exactly. to care for their flock. And the last thing they want to do, and matter of fact, I see so many tender consciences with so many of these just normal sized church pastors that that we work with. Really burdened by, I just don't want to do anything to harm this flock like that. And I just want to acknowledge that exactly. Well said. Because there's a lot of because a lot of the focus is on the the abuses and certainly even the higher profile abuses of this. But if you're you know just I want to say that just for the pastors listening to this, there's plenty of you if you're doing this faithfully and you're trying to. The first sign, and let's get into maybe how do we how do we find the balance of this? I think the first way to find the balance, I'll start and I'll throw throw it to you to to mention one is a tender conscience to mm. not ever harm the flock through your own personal interests or agenda. And I think that being sensitive, your conscience being sensitive to that, is something the Lord can do to help you find the balance of that. You want to lead. You're supposed to lead. You gotta, you're got you a pastor and you have to have vision and a place for the people to follow. Mm. But if you have a conscience that is sensitive tender to man, the last thing I want to do is harm this flock because of any, any kind of selfish thing that I want to do or pursue. That's a good posture to have in general. That's a, there's a check in the conscience that
1: actually is really helpful in that way. Right, 100%, Brian. I think uh, one of my mentors used to talk about certain texts, and he'd say you need to tattoo these on your eyeballs or on the inside of your eyelids. I think he'd say tattoo this (laughs) on the inside of your eyelids so when you close your eyes, you see that. And and that ought to be when we are in a position where a situation has come up and it demands that we lead the flock or we address a situation or confront confront sin or call out maybe genuine uh, sinful rebellion in the church and, and, and those sorts of things that you say to yourself and you pray. And you probably, and I think as well, seek the counsel of others and listen to the counsel of others and say, listen, the last thing I want to do in this situation is lord it over the flock. Yeah. I want it to be the word that's leading. I want to have it thus saith the Lord. I don't want it to be my opinion. I don't want it to be my frustration. I don't want it to be my reputation that's leading in everything here. Uh, and I think that that is that in itself is a is a good safeguard. So what's another what's another principle
0: maybe we want to think about for a pastor to be able to try to pursue this balance that we're talking
1: about, yeah, Brian? It's I, I would say two things that come out of this text here. You know that that flock of God that is among you, and then that language, the chief shepherd, and so it's it's the acknowledgement that this this flock that I am leading, I lead not as the Ark Shepherd, the Chief Shepherd. I'm I am leading as an under shepherd. Yeah, right. I am and that these sheep are not ultimately mine, but they're his. That's it's, right. it's the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And I want to say this, Brian, that you know that sometimes when pastors talk about sheep, I've heard preachers and teachers speak about this at times pejoratively. Sheep are smelly, sheep are dirty, sheep are dumb. Yeah, it's a derogatory you know, term. It's a derogatory to, to, to term. Sheep, yeah. In the Bible, sheep are precious. Yeah. He loves the sheep. He the shepherds love their sheep. The shepherds lay down their lives for yeah, the sheep. That's good. They're precious. He knows their name. You know, all, all of those things. Yeah. And, and so there's a preciousness. So that when da- when David thought about sheep. When Nathan comes to, you know, convict David, he uses an example of a sheep, and, yep. and that stirs David's passion because he loves sheep. That's an excellent. Not point. because they're they're stupid and dumb and need him; they can't put on their shoes without. That's an excellent him. point. So, I mean, that, I'm I'm tired of hearing that, guys. If you use that language, particularly in front of your congregation, repent. Yeah. Seriously, guys, yeah, don't be, don't talk yeah. about them that way. Yeah. Um and and if they're dumb sheep, well then so are you. So I'll go ahead and say that. So uh anyway, um that 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 matter that I am dealing with people that first of all that I love who are dear to me that's that's, that's intrinsic in the language of sheep shepherd. Yep, right? Right. Uh th- and that knowledge that I'm going to give an account for the chief shepherd. And so uh, I, it's like watching somebody else's kids. And I don't know about you, Brian, you know, but uh, if, uh, if you had to watch somebody else's kids and, and maybe a newborn, like, Hey, can you hold my newborn for a minute? Or, could you drive them? Would you drive them over to here? You know, with your own, you know, maybe with your own kids, you get a little cavalier over the years about driving. They're so used to them being in there. You turn around, hey, be quiet. But now you're like white knuckles. You are staring straight ahead. You are not going to get into an accident. <laughs> nothing can happen to my Nothing can watch. happen yeah. to that little one. Yeah. And, and that knowledge that I am taking care of people that Jesus loves indescribably. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to abuse them by... Sometimes you can abuse them by not leading by, right. by you know so a shepherd that doesn't lead he leads me beside you know still waters he provides food he, he watches over he alerts to danger so I mean there can be like you don't want to be so timid that you abuse the sheep through a lack of that that's yep. one way to do it yeah but an angry, bitter, uh, using them, and uh, the uh, prophet Ezekiel brings this out, woe to the shepherds that feed themselves. Uh, woe to the shepherds that they break but don't bind. You know, they wound but yeah. they don't heal. Uh, they They fleece the flock uh, for their own benefit. They don't feed the flock, they feed themselves. And sadly, again, that had to be said, to Old Covenant shepherds. And sadly, that word needs to be sounded. I, I'm hopeful that many of the men leading to this, I think of any lear- listening to this, I would imagine, Brian, that most of our guys that listen to this are guys who just very much want to do what's right. They're, and, and I appreciate that you said that. I think that that needs to be said. That's the vast majority of folk yeah. uh, that we know in ministry are people who are trying to do what's right. They're trying to lead the flock. They're just... You know, and, and, and they get abused for it at times and they get, they get a bad name for it and all they're really, before God, before men, lie detector strapped to them, all they're trying to do is feed people, love people, serve people and, and honor and glorify God in their life and ministry and they're broken over it. Uh, but again, we have to recognize that there are lines that are crossed and I can't allow my frustration with the flock I can't allow the slowness of them to to embrace uh, the truth to lead me then to say, well, I need to say it louder and angrier, A- and you know, I mean, the whip's got to come out now. Yep. Uh, you know, so that that I think is is some of that tension again that we're trying to address. Here's one other thing. Here's another thing I would say that helps find the
0: balance, and you alluded to it earlier, but I want to go ahead and acknowledge it because I think it's really important. And that is having have, having plurality uh, of yes. elders, or, or, and I would just want to say in general, just a because you this there may be a pastor listening to this who doesn't have that, but the key is if it's not a pl- pl- plurality of elders, it needs to be some kind of a th- uh, accountability structure to where exactly. you actually answer to someone. So it may be a council, or it may be you know something else. But you know for to find the balance, every pastor has to know that he's. Under the authority of someone else, and and a lot of times the abuses of authority, or the other side, the lack of leading, actually can come because we're not placing ourselves under the authority of someone who can call us on that. I want to give t- two examples because it, when I was when I was pastor in Auburn, I can think of two examples. One where I had I had a plurality of pastors, and both things happened. At one point, they called me on. Yeah, you don't get to make this call. We got to make this call mm-hmm. together, and, mm-hmm. and there was accountability there. Right on the other side, there were a time they called me. It's like you need to lead in this. Like right. stop setting back, and right. you need to lead. And and that was an accountability I both needed. Right for this, give this balanced approach uh, th- uh, to to be able to. Protect the flock from abuse of authority, but also protect the flock from a from a lack of of leading. So, th- just to realize both, I, I would encourage everybody listening to consider which one are you more prone to potentially slide into. Right. To make sure you have accountability structures in place in the church that allow you to be able to to have to answer to somebody.
1: Yeah, you know when Jesus talked about. Uh, seeing the, the multitudes that were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Yep. And so part of built into that is that it is the job of the shepherd to lead the flock together and to refresh and encourage, uh, you know, God's people. So again, that, that, that to know, okay, I do need to gather them together. I do need to give them direction and that direction comes not from my own agenda, but it comes from the word. Let let the word do that work. But sometimes in the application of that, it's going to mean, all right, because the word says this, that means we as a church are now going to start doing this. So a concrete example, maybe something like that, you start, you do a series on prayer and the church hasn't been praying together. And you say, Brethren, I believe that you know I can demonstrate this from the scriptures. I can show this from church history. I can I'm going to lay out the benefits, and now we've got to decide where we're you know how we're going to do this. But we're going to do this. We are going to become this. Or maybe they whatever reason the church hasn't been singing Psalm Simpson's spiritual songs. Right? Preach on it. There it is in the Word. We're going to start doing this. Uh, husbands, um, the, you know the, the, to say you know there's there's some leadership and, and shepherding that we're to do in our homes. Many of you men aren't doing that, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm calling you to account, not, not, not with my own bravado, not with my own fingerprints all over it that this is exactly what it looks like, but this is what the Word says. And so, you know, this is what we need to be. Brother, I'm calling us to obedience to God's Word. That's, that's leading. Uh, that's not being passive to just say, well, I don't know what says this, and I don't know how, how it goes, Where it begins to to cross over is it has to look like the way I do it. Yeah, yeah. It has to have these particular parameters. Uh, And if it doesn't, then, you know, woe to you, and I'm going to get rid of you, or I'm going to call you to – uh, account or you're going to be disciplined as being rebellious cuz you know you didn't you didn't homeschool with my agenda or or you know you didn't school your kids the way I've said to school them or you used you know whatever it is you you have your convictions about birth control or your convictions about um, you know whether, you know, uh, you, you know, back in the day, whether you can have a television, or a pastor says we can't have a television, pastor says we can't celebrate Christmas, pastor says we can't, and, and really it gets into the pastor says, pastor says, pastor says, not the word says. Yeah. And so I think that becomes a sign when you, if you realize that your church is following you in that way, you realize you have, you, you at least have the potential to become kind of a cult leader there yeah. or personality cult in that you're no longer allowing Exegesis, but when it's exegesis that is then smothered too much with your own preference, yeah, the, the, uh, that you're you're entering into that lording it over. Yeah, you said
0: something that that is a caution I wanted to, to throw out there as, as we as we kind of move to wrap this up, and that's you know that just because it, this is why spiritual authority being abused is so dangerous is that there are there are guys who have a spiritual authority in people's lives that. Uh, use clever and crafty ways to use the word to twist it to their own agenda right and i just you know i just want to acknowledge that that is why one of this is why spiritual authority that's abused can be one of the most devastating ways that that people are harmed and so you know to just be aware that we can we can be deceived and to think that this is what this is genuinely what the word teaches, and it's actually just our own agenda we're trying to push, and we're twisting that. So again, it's why we need other people in our lives to be able to kind of have a checks and balance. Yeah, these and methods. it
1: may even work. You know, I mean, pragmatically oh, sure. speaking, yeah. the church may grow, people may seem to be thriving, and, and all of the rest. But they're becoming this kind of almost cookie yeah. cutter type thing being made in your That's image. Right. I've seen, I have seen this, I, I have seen it in churches. Sure. and Obviously, we we're hearing the stories of it happening. It's, the the other thing I want to
0: mention is. Is that as a pastor tries to step in to lead, not Lord, that you still have to realize you've got to have a relational collateral with people for them to Mm. follow you? So I'm watching, I watch a ton of new pastors walk into the church. And think, because they read First Peter, they, they see the authority embedded into the right. call to, to shepherd, and they all of a sudden magically think, because they have a salary, they live in the parsonage, and their name's on the sign now, that all of a sudden people are just going to magically follow them. And so, right. yes, we're acknowledging there is authority embedded there, but your ability to use it to the good of the people will come from building a relationship and credible relational collateral with them right. for them to follow you. So I, want, I do want to say that because I think that's the mistake a lot of new pastors, a lot of younger pastors make, is they just assume the position gives the authority. And I'm telling you, you approach it that way, they will, one will not follow you and, right. and your authority will actually harm them because you're trying to use it before you have actually earned the right to do so
1: exactly that gets back to that whole issue Brian of of, of having the sheep dear to you yeah. and loving them it's, it's if you, lo- love, if you love them if the it, it, generally speaking almost always if you will love a people well they will love you in response yeah. and, and part of that integrity is the knowledge of that this man cares about me and he's not trying to harm me he's not trying to hurt me and if you do I mean there we may all make mistakes in this and some and realize I I press too hard. Some again. Some of our tendency is going to be we don't press enough. And I've I have I've realized I that's I I had fallen into that. There were some people that I needed to deal with. I needed to deal with a bit more and confrontationally. uh, And uh, it was part of the reason I went on sabbaticals to regain some of that, uh, to renew some of that. A passion to be able to be involved in people's lives in a, in a in a more helpful way yeah but again the more you love the more you'll be loved in return and and and, and a, a a following or a following of a man of integrity who has guards around him who loves you is generally will help the sheep sheep should feel safe they shouldn't constantly have to be on the alert yeah. uh, of always wondering: Is this guy trying to hurt me? Is this guy trying to hurt me? Is this guy trying to hurt yeah, me? That's good. Um, and I think the that's
0: a good final word because the 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 First Peter five passage, if you read it with the lens of this is this is a shepherd who loves the sheep mm-hmm. and knows they're not his sheep ultimately. Right. And when a pastor functions that way and use leads and uses the authority given to him in that way. It's really a beautiful picture of God's design. So, Jim, we take a minute and and just pray for pastors to help them find this balance we're talking about.
1: Uh, Father in heaven, we want to be shepherds after your own heart and shepherds who mirror the chief shepherd who loved and knew and served and laid down his life for the flock. And, Father, we pray that there would be a fearlessness in that, that we would not run away uh, when the flock is in danger but father to stand and to lead and to guard and to guide but heavenly father we pray uh, never to their harm and certainly never to their ruin and never to the undoing or destruction of their faith as as we have seen Uh, in our day. So Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to walk before you humbly. Help us to listen to others. Uh, Help us, Father, to know our own heart uh, in regard to this and to truly love those entrusted to our care. We pray in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen.